and welcome to the Black and White Podcast. I'm Denise Pass, along with my co-host, Micah Maddox, and this month we are talking about culture, today specifically the culture of friendships. And I'm super excited about the guests we have with us today, Micah. Drum roll, please. Mary DeMuth is joining us to discuss her book, which just released last week, Seven Deadly Friendships. Yay, I can't wait. So friendship is one of those things that is so beautiful, but then so difficult. So I'm really excited to hear what you have to say today, Mary. Welcome to the podcast. So great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Definitely. We are thrilled that you're here. So the scripture for our discussion today comes from Proverbs 18:24, the New Living Translation. There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. I like how this translation puts the word friends in quotation marks. Sometimes we can think we have true friends, but suddenly we find they might be jealous of us or talk behind our back. I don't have friends like that. (laughs) (laughs) They're not faithful friends. This can be the source of a lot of unnecessary drama and such a distraction with our walk with God. What do you think causes this, Mary? Why are friends sometimes flaky? Well, of course, the answer is always we live in a fallen world. (laughs) So we're all a bunch of sinners bumping into each other, making all sorts of crazy mistakes. And that's one of the things that um, I had to approach in the seven deadly friendships, because it would be really tempting for me to say, oh, all those bad people live out there, you know, the the con man Connors and the tempter Trevors and all the people that I named in there. But then I had to look at myself and realize, you know, I could be the problem too. I could be one of these seven deadly friendships. And that's one of the reasons why it's important to realize that it's not that everyone else is an enemy and you're the hero, but that we all can be hurtful toward each other. And we need to look at ourselves and really I mean, we can't change anybody else, so we kind of have to change ourselves. <laughs> so that's kind of the way the world works. You know, it is especially painful is when we have a friend we trusted and we're close with, and then suddenly that relationship becomes toxic. We tend to look at things from a fleshly point of view, I think, and we can become absorbed in those hurt feelings unless we have the mind of Christ in these relationships. I love the verse from Philippians 2, verse 5 in the New International Version. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. If we examine relationships through this lens, we care for their soul more than what they can give us. But a lot of times it is the neediness of our souls, I think, that makes us dependent upon man who is fallible and leads us to a lot of toxic relationships. We can always look at the other person, but we might have something in our character that can make us prone to toxic people. For instance, I had struggled with being a people pleaser for most of my life and would be crushed when someone did not like me. But God is so faithful to help us lift our eyes off of self and maybe we can see the spiritual dynamic going on, examining ourselves first. What role do you think we play in toxic friendships in our lives, Mary? Well, it's a great question. And I think that's really why I wrote the book because I was finding myself constantly 
breaking up with friends that were either predatory or narcissistic. And finally, as I worked through it, I realized that I was raised in a home where one of my parents was predatory and one was narcissistic. And I was trying to complete this incomplete story. And in my mind, I didn't, I wasn't doing this consciously. I wasn't like, oh, well, I'm going to go find a predatory friend and I'm going to go find a narcissist. <laughs> I didn't do that, but I just kept attracting them because there was this inc incomplete story. I, I, way subconsciously, I was thinking if I could get a predatory narcissist or a narcissistic predator to love me, I could prove that finally I was lovable to my parents. There was some sort of thing in me that could be loved. And uh, it was only until I approached Jesus with that and said, you know what, I don't want to keep chasing these people who are really bad for my soul to try to complete this story. Would you complete this story for me? And Jesus was very gracious to, to help me realize I am worthy and I am loved by him. And that matters more than anything else. And when I worked on that interior stuff, I found myself a lot more discerning about the people that I would be in strong relationship with. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm perfect now and that I always uh, figure it out, but I'm much better than I used to be. I love how you bring up your childhood here because I think so many of us have similar situations and we look back on our life and we don't realize that those roots, those childhood relationships are really what's affecting our relationships now. And then the key is our relationship with Jesus. That is so beautiful and so wonderful. And that's why we love your book and why we have you on, because we always look back to the God's word and to Jesus for the answer for everything. And God is so good to use even toxic situations to point us back to him and look and examine our hearts. Mm -hmm. And I love that you emphasize this in your book as well. So Mary, your book discusses seven deadly relationships. That word deadly needs a little drama, I think. Can you share on that a bit? Yeah, and I, I want to comment on the word deadly. Um, you know, this is taken from the from Proverbs six, which talks about the seven deadly sins. So I equated them with um, these types of toxic relationships. But I will like to say that there are popsicles on the cover of this <laughs> this book yes. to kind of soften the deadliness of it all. So uh, yeah. Um, also, another thing that I thought was funny or in, not funny, but interesting. You mentioned scripture. I have a podcast called Pray Every Day. And for the next couple months, I'm praying the scriptures uh, that are in the book, which were over a hundred. And so this book is just full of wisdom from the word of God. And so, like I said, it came from Proverbs 6, seven deadly sins. And I actually ended up naming these people. So I've got um, seven types of friendships. There's Narcissus Nolan, Unreliable Uma, Predator Page, Conman Connor, Tempter Trevor, Faker Fiona, and Dramatic Drake. And so I help people find out who those people are in their lives with lots of checklists and scripture and um, just a, a way to help you identify now, just because you've identified someone doesn't mean, okay, well, now I've got to break up with them because they're a faker or they're unreliable or whatever. Um, most of these friendships are 
it, this is a resolvable situation. Uh, but there are a few that there may be, you know, it might be good for you to walk away. And those are the more predatory or the narcissistic friendships that we find ourselves in. This also relates to family members too. It's not just friendships. Um, and <laughs> it, it could also relate, relate to your spouse, but you know, you don't want to be like, <laughs> Hey, you're being faker Fiona it may right. not work out well for you. This is true. And no walking away. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> I love this. I love that you put a name to each one and that you help us identify, you know, and I think it goes back to the beginning, helping us identify who we are, right? Are we toxic? Are we the one who's contributing mm -hmm. the negative to the relationship? So, so good for our relationships. Well, and I think when I took the quiz you have, and that's a really neat quiz you have, a dramatic Drake is what I ended up with. But the funny thing is, you know, then you can look at yourself and say, gee, am I one of those sometimes, you know, <laughs> yes. like when someone, someone gossiped about me, I'm dramatic. <laughs> it's such a focus on self is I think a lot of the problem that we have, but mm. so Mary, how you deal with toxic relationships in your life, how, how do you do that? And what advice can you give us to create healthy relationships in our lives? Well, one of the things that I do in the book is um, I relate back to a list that I had in a book called Not Marked, which is a sexual abuse recovery book. And it's a list on what constitutes a safe person. And um, one of the great litmus tests is how you feel in the aftermath of being with someone. And if you feel heard and valued and listened to and, you know, that they like your yes and your no, they love you either way, um, then they're probably a really safe person. But if you have like this dread afterwards or this kind of underlying feeling of worthlessness or you can never measure up or you just have this vague sense that nothing you can do will matter to them, it's just they're always going to have this particular opinion about you, then you're most likely in one of those difficult relationships. And, and you're right. I mean, there's a quiz on this on seven deadly friendships.com that you can take to find out if you're like, well, I wonder if he's, he or she is a narcissist or a predator or unreliable or whatever. You can take that quiz and, and find out. So that will also really help you discern, you know, where you are. I think this is so valuable. People are going to really appreciate the the clarity that you're going to bring for relationships. Relationships are complicated mm -hmm. and every day we're dealing with relationships, whether it's at home, at work, at school, at play, mm -hmm. every day online and online makes it so much more difficult because here we are, we can see words and we can see smiling faces and filters, but we don't really get the heart sometimes. And that tends to lead to hurt feelings. So I love how you help us evaluate how this really how these relationships make us feel the yes. result of yeah. what it's like being in someone's presence that's just powerful well I think your book is really needed because a lot of times people would rather avoid the conflict mm -hmm. but it's so important to be able to evaluate you know and just be willing to look at the relationships and ourselves in that relationship you know mm. but you know and i had a situation you know i think a lot of times when you have uh, people who are more acquaintances they're on the outer fringe it's easier to in your mind reconcile that's ah, their issue <laughs> but when it was someone close to you 
on that inner circle. And I think about Christ and his inner circle, and yet he had someone betray him, mm -hmm. right? Right there in his top 12. And so in our top 12, you know, are there people who have deeply wounded us? And, and if that became a toxic relationship, when is it safe? How do we know that it's safe to reconcile a relationship when it really is a friendship you know, not just an acquaintance that we had maybe a deep bond with, but it became toxic. Yeah. So I haven't had a great success with um, some of the particular friends that I've had to break up with. Uh, they ended up poorly. <laughs> they ended poorly and there's not been reconciliation, but I constantly pray about it. Mm -hmm. um, for a friend who was one of those kind of exhausting friends, the ones that kind of drain you, I had one of those and we had to have one of those come to Jesus meetings because I was getting called in the middle of the night and it was just too much. And I said, you, wow. you got to go to Jesus first. I can't, I'm a terrible Jesus. I can't be Jesus. Gotta, <laughs> I mean, he's got to be the one you go to first. And that relationship broke for about seven years. And then one day she called me and she's like, Hey, <laughs> Uh, let's let's talk and it was a beautiful reconciliation and so I do believe that those things can happen um, we as you said we have to look at ourselves and see okay what, what did I do to contribute to this but in one case uh, that of a friendship that went wrong um, when I was on the phone with this person and it was there was all sorts of bad words not coming from me thankfully but from her and <laughs> just really like demeaning and mm. awful. And up until that point, I hadn't seen that side of this person. And it, then it just like the full force of it came out. And so I hung up the phone. I started crying immediately. I went to my desk and I sat down and just wept like, oh, this is just so hard. But then the next moment, I felt this amazing sense of peace and relief. Like, oh my gosh. And then my eyes were open like, that was a terrible friendship and I'm so glad it's over. And wow. you know, I, I don't ever want to be in that relationship again. Lord, if you want me to, I'll be there. But right now I'm just so relieved. So sometimes it's, there are necessary endings to friendships and I don't like it. I like to, you know, I want to be best friends with everyone forever, but uh, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> that doesn't always happen. Yeah. I, you know, I think God sometimes delivers us, even though it feels really painful. And when someone does wrong to us and when we get off of that phone call, like you mentioned, it's like, I want everyone to love me. I yes. want everyone to like me. Why don't they love me? Why don't they like me? But then when we sit back and we look at it, there's such a relief there that God let us be free from that bondage, really. Mary, it's been such a joy talking about relationships with you today, and we are excited to have you back next week. So Yay. we have a lot more to talk about and to cover, so we cannot wait to discuss a little bit deeper your book. But today, the raw truth is forming healthy relationships begins with us first. The radical grace is that when friendships let us down, God can heal us and enable us to rise above and forgive. And the real hope is that we have a friend in Jesus who will never let us down. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth. Music.